0: Sometimes all we need is a jolt, a fresh idea, an aha moment that connects us to a sense of possibility. This, my friends, is what I call an electric idea. Welcome back to Electric Ideas. Today, I want to start out with a couple quick updates on what's happening in the Electric Ideas community. Season to Shift, my signature mastermind for moms, which happens just a few times a year, is closed. It started last week. I had someone reach out yesterday and ask if they can hop in. And while the doors are closed for this journey in 2023, I'm already working on establishing dates for 2024. So all this is to say, if you're a woman who wanted to be part of this community this year, but didn't have a chance to sign up, you're welcome to reach out to me individually and let me know that you'd like to be contacted directly as soon as the next dates are set for 2024. You can email me at Whitney at myelectricideas.com or just drop me a DM on Instagram at, at WhitneyWoman. All right, on to the show. Today's guest is Lisa Kendall. Lisa is a certified therapeutic art and life coach, a women's circle facilitator and artist. She uses a combination of therapeutic art and coaching to help clients live more purposefully, more authentically, and also to cultivate self-love, even explore spirituality. Lisa also uses therapeutic art and life coaching to help people develop their personal growth strategies. She also works with teenagers to facilitate emotional expression, set goals, build confidence. Lisa is so passionate about helping others explore their potential and step into their next highest self. I know you're going to leave this conversation feeling inspired, so let's get into it. Lisa, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Whitney. Hi.
0: I'm really excited to have you here, and I like to just get into it because I feel like I have a lot of questions for you today. So I want to start with something that is top of mind for me because I feel like there are so many reasons why people quit creating after, say, elementary school. And I would guess some of us were given messages that were not artistic or we don't know what we're doing. Maybe we were even laughed at. Who knows? But then I think there's other adults who kind of have forgotten that we can choose to do things because of the process, because the process is nourishing without needing to feel like we have to have this final output or something to show.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
0: So I know that's a big opener, but what would you, what do you have to say about that? And what uh, the power of creating without needing this final destination?
1: Yeah. So first of all, I'd love to say that there's so many people, so many adults who will proclaim, I am not creative. And the truth is there's creativity in so much of what we do. There's creativity when it comes to parenting, when it comes to cooking our dinner, when it comes to even aspects of finance, right? How are we going to creatively finance things in our lives? I think creativity actually pertains to so much of our lives. But when we're talking about art supplies and playing and becoming expansive. I think that it is something that is available to all. So many people get hooked up on this idea that process-oriented art means you end up with a Picasso, right? You end up with something that needs to be hung on the wall and it needs to look perfect and it needs to look beautiful. And I think that art has got so many benefits, but one of the greatest benefits is just the process of art making and where that takes you and how it almost leads you through a. A meditative and expansive and a very freeing state. So I, you know, I encourage adults to make art with no preconceived notions in mind. Make art because it feels good. Make art because you're being mindful. Make art because you're enjoying different supplies and, and color. It's really an opportunity to both slow down and to engage in self-discovery.
0: I want to get your perspective, because there are so many things out there like these paint for numbers, and they kind of tout therapeutic benefits. Like I, I was actually really excited in the past week, I rediscovered a Ryan Reynolds coloring book that one of my friends gave oh, me okay. for my birthday, and could have a nice soothing night there. But you're actually an art therapist. So can you help us discern what the difference is there and kind of what it means to be an art therapist?
1: Yeah. So so I did therapeutic art coaching, which allows people to discover parts of themselves that may or may not be hidden in their subconscious. It's a way to uncover obstacles. It's a way to set goals. It's a way to process trauma. It's a way to really do the work of the therapeutic Framework, but through creativity. What I like about art as a modality is that you can tap into the subconscious. So, you know, there are different reasons why people might come to me. Sometimes people want to play around with their own creativity, right? And so there's specific prompts for that. We're seeing post-COVID now so much anxiety in both the kids and the adults that I work with, right? And so I may offer therapeutic art prompts that help work on what is causing anxiety, right? Where is that hidden? If it's in both the subconscious and conscious mind that we can sort of extract through art and then use art as a way to handle that anxiety. I always like to tell people that 45 minutes of art making actually lowers your cortisol levels. So if you are someone who thrives on checking things off their list and being busy, you're really not giving your nervous system an opportunity to to relax and to reboot. And so there are some people who actually come to me just because they want to slow down for an hour. They don't know how to do me time well, they tell me, and so together we create therapeutic art. And then I bring in my coaching background where we we combine the coaching and the therapeutic art to really either relax our nervous systems or to uncover blocks and what's standing in the way.
0: That really helps clarify. So it seems to me that there's probably a misconception by some people that you have to be kind of artistically inclined to benefit from what you teach. Is that a myth?
1: <laughs> it, it is, it is. And I always, anytime I do a workshop or, or you know talk with a new client, that is probably the first thing that I say is there's no artistic talent or experience required. You just have to come with an open mind and a, a desire to grow as a person, right? It's a way to grow and, and move things forward in your life so that you can be the best version of yourself or fall into that most authentic version of ourselves that we're all looking for.
0: There's a saying that I've I've heard, and I wish I could attribute it to somebody, but it goes, "Art speaks where words are unable to explain."
1: I just got chilled. <laughs> <you>. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's incredibly profound and true. I've seen it time and time again. I've worked with kids whose, you know, maybe verbal skills aren't as strong, but through art they speak. Or I've seen adults, I had a situation once I was in a workshop and the therapeutic art prompt that I offered was take a moment to draw what it is that you're holding on to maybe a little too tightly. What is it? You know, we all tend to get caught in these narratives and we believe what we think and Somebody had a complete breakthrough where they drew an image of being in their bedroom in another country and figured out at 50 plus years, they felt resentful that they had never moved back to that country. And it was through st- drawing a scene now I'm talking with no no background in art right so very basic drawing skills drew a scene of her bedroom and it finally came through her subconscious mind that she felt resentful that she never moved back to the country that she was born in and that was incredibly touching and profound and she had done talk therapy before and she had you know certainly had many opportunities to sort of discover that but through the art it just sort of came up on paper
0: Wow, that's crazy. That's a powerful insight. And I feel like explains perfectly this bridge between the subconscious that it sounds like art can evoke that some people not needing to even be an artist just to kind of let your subconscious speak through image.
1: Exactly. And, and to, you know, your point with that quote, sometimes art does reach people where words cannot for whatever reason, you know, you're using different neural pathways, your brain's just operating in a, in a slightly different way that sometimes you make connections. It's
0: fascinating. Do you have any examples of a type of practice that maybe women could explore on their own if they wanted to be open to this sort of insight or experience, but maybe are just honest that they're never going to make it into a workshop or to work with an art therapist?
1: Yeah, I would say because anxiety comes up so often in my practice, one of the exercises that I have a lot of my clients do is draw a garbage can. And what can you discard that isn't serving you? And it's amazing to see what appears in this page size garbage can. I mean, Things from, you know, there's a person that I no longer align with. There's a job that's not working for me. And I always encourage people, don't don't feel limited by the art. Feel free to use words too. Use symbols. Whatever comes up on on paper is really great. I think too for young kids, uh, younger kids, maybe elementary school and middle school who are struggling with anxiety, I love the exercise of getting a shoebox and creating with tissue and some construction paper an ocean and really telling kids like, your thoughts are like the ocean. They come and they go. And when you go fishing, you choose what you want to come out, right? And your thoughts are like going fishing. You get to choose which thoughts you want to focus on. And I've really seen a lot of light bulb moments go on with kids when you use the metaphor of the ocean and going fishing and your thoughts are no different. And so it's, it's really fun to be able to think outside the box and really think about how to use art as a healing modality.
0: No, I'm the one getting chills. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I, I love giving the women in my audience a chance to think differently, but also to try something different to get a different result. And so I can see them wanting to, even as just a break in the day, or if we're feeling overwhelmed, try the... Garbage exercise.
1: Or even like you said, those coloring books that are available, a lot of like mindful coloring books, just to take a cup of tea or coffee with a coloring book and art supplies and sit outside and really take some time to lower your cortisol levels, really slow down. I mean, the truth is, when we take that time to slow down, we're in turn so much more productive and can better serve our families and our jobs. And so You know, so many people like to dismiss it as a waste of time. It actually allows us to be more productive with the time we have to work. I couldn't be
0: in agreement more. And even though we're still, quote, doing something, I feel like just having that small movement or creative expression, I feel like it can be very mindful and just kind of help us drop into a meditative state a little bit. Yeah, 100%. Well, I know that your journey to where you are was a lot inspired by your own personal life. Do you want to tell us a little bit about?
1: I'd be happy to. Yeah. Um, I had been struggling for about 10 years with chronic pain. And I had tried every conventional method from pharmaceuticals to Western medicine, um, doctors, and I had very little success. And I sort of had this moment where I felt like in order to heal, I had to go back to what did I love as a child and what did I discard because of narratives that I was told that, you know, maybe you can't make a living making art or that's not a real job. or And I really had to explore what is for me now. I had three kids. I, my life was consumed by driving in the city and making food and really just doing what was required of me at at any moment, and I sort of got lost, I feel like in that tornado and when I slowed down to think about wh- what do I want to do? Is my job currently filling my soul? Is it providing healing? is it providing nourishment? It really took me back to in college when I used to make art, and I started painting obsessively, and what I realized is was that I could control my pain with art making and It seemed too good to be true, but I had a mentor who I met with and I was so excited to tell them about my success. And I said, you know, is there more to this story or am I just supposed to make art? I said, if I'm just supposed to make art, I'm so good with that. But do you think there's more to the story? And she said, I actually think you need to use this to help others heal. And it was then that I became certified as a therapeutic art coach and, and really started down a deep hole as to why being creative and why art making is a true healing modality and not just something for fun, even though it is fun. So I, I, you know, I felt like I healed a part of myself first, and then I was very excited to share it with others.
0: That's wonderful that you can speak firsthand to probably what some of your clients are struggling with and really be of service with something that you've reclaimed in your own life. I really salute you for that. I think also since you are a caregiver and you are pouring into others, I'm curious what you do in order to stay creatively inspired and nourished yourself.
1: So it's a regular painting practice. I'm an abstract artist. So for me, it's practicing what I preach. It's really, you know, I think I like abstract art because there are no rules. You do not color in the lines. I feel into what I'm making. And I do feel like every piece I make is, it's almost like a healing offering. So when someone actually buys this piece of art and goes into their home, it's a piece of healing that, you know, gets passed down from me to them. I'm also a huge fan of Julia Cameron, who wrote The Artist's Way. And, one of her suggestions in terms of how to find your way as an artist is taking yourself on artist dates. And I am a huge fan of walking through the park alone, going to an exhibit alone. I feel like engaging with both nature and art exhibits, they refuel me, they inspire me, they ground me. There was a book that I read recently called Your Brain on Art. And what it talked about was when we engage in art making or when we witness art, we feel a sense of awe. And it's that sense of awe that actually creates new neural pathways in our brain. So my suggestion would be for anyone who's looking to be inspired do things that give you that sense of awe. So whether it's a concert or the theater or a, a, an art exhibit or nature, right? Anything that gives you that sense of awe, those are breadcrumbs of inspiration.
0: Beautiful. I have not read Your Brain on Art, so I'll make sure to capture that in the show notes because it sounds like a good read. And I I can understand that even if art isn't your thing, just creating space intentionally to allow yourself the possibility of being in that inspired zone is a very important practice for me, too. Yeah. I mean, kind of scheduling even that unbusy time.
1: Definitely, because I think it's, it's when we slow down, that's when the inspiration can creep in, right? It's why we have thoughts in the shower or thoughts when we're walking the dog, right? It's When we slow our brain down, we come up with ideas, we come up with inspiration. So I think, you know, slowing down is really the key to doing more, whether it's creatively or otherwise.
0: I am wondering what advice you'd have for a friend who has let the dust collect on her creative callings, because I think especially caregivers, which I know we keep coming back to. Once something's not part of your day-to-day, I think it takes a lot of intention to commit to ritualizing it. And I think sometimes it's easier to just be like, ugh, this isn't the time. I'll do that later. I'll wait till the kids get older. There's a gazillion time and busyness excuses. What would you say to a friend to get them inspired?
1: I would say it's no different than exercising, that you just have to make it a part of your routine. And- the hardest part for someone who's thinking about creating is actually going to the art store for the first time because so many people have that feeling like, I, I'm not an artist. I don't belong here. Like, I don't know about all these art supplies. Just go to the store, pick out what looks fun and then make it a practice. Just like we practice taking care of our bodies and eating healthy and habituating certain things. Once you habituate this, I feel like you open up possibility in your life for either more creativity or whatever downloads you might have while you're creating. So my, my advice is pretty basic, but it's just do it. Don't be your own block. Get out of your own way so that you can, you can answer that calling that you know is out there for you. I
0: fullheartedly agree. And something that just came up for me as you were talking is sometimes I think women who have a long history with a certain creative endeavor, sometimes I think it can be fruitful to try something different because you might have some preconceived notions of what a practice would look like or what you're doing. I found sometimes when I'm in a state of being blocked in one area, doing something different can help me just get the juices flowing again, if you will.
1: Absolutely. And I think instead of thinking about about it in terms of creating a piece of art, think about it in terms of creating a moment, you're carving Mm -hmm. out a moment of time for yourself, and tap into the feeling you have while you're making the art, not what the art's going to look like when your 30 minutes is up.
0: That's beautiful. So we have a few more minutes. I wanted to ask you kind of coming full circle, because I think a lot of people out of their own fear, and usually just without meaning to can really discourage people they love from pursuing artistic expression. So if we have people in our life who we love, who are maybe a little bit doubtful, or just haven't really tapped into their creative powers, and we see it, how can we help support and nurture them?
1: Yeah, I would say going to the art store is a great one. Just picking out some supplies. Just, you know, look at it as an artist day. Go and see what excites you. Tell people to sign up for an art class. There's a gazillion things to do online that are low cost that can be really fun. I would say just encourage people to do the things that they love because that's where people find joy. When people are doing the things that pique their interest and that, you know, where people have curiosity, that's where our authentic selves lie. It's in that stuff that excites us. And so, anyone we love looking to do something creative, even if they don't know how to start, open one little door because chances are that I'll continue to open others. Thank you for that.
0: Okay. I wanted to give you a chance just because I know we've covered a lot of territory. Was there something that's on your heart to share today that you didn't have a chance to talk about?
1: I just, I encourage people to think about the act of making art as true healing. Just like we are accepting of other healing modalities, art has the potential to elevate our spirit, our soul. It can connect us to our deeper selves. It can lower chronic pain. It can really. Just connect us deeply with ourselves in a way that might not happen if we're just going about our everyday life. So, even though art sounds fun and frivolous, there's so much depth to what it can do for people in people's lives. So, if it's something that speaks to you, just find a way to start or to at least go to an exhibit or find something where you get that sense of awe and you can start changing the way you feel from the vibration that either art making or art viewing can provide
0: love that all right I always wrap my episodes by inviting you to share a question love a little self-inquiry as I know you do too so Lisa in the area of therapeutic arts and creativity what's one question women could be asking themselves more
1: how can I tap into my joy to bring more happiness into my life? Love that. Thank you. This has been so wonderful
0: to connect and I want people to be able to find you and learn more. So where can we look for you?
1: So my website is two lscoaching.com. I'm also on Instagram at lisa.kendall.therapeuticart.
0: Wonderful. All right, Lisa, this was such a treat. Thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you, Whitney.
0: I'm so glad you joined me today. If you're looking for more, feel free to connect with me on Instagram at Whitney Woman. And if you enjoyed the show, I invite you to support me by leaving a review or sharing it with a friend. Hope you have an inspired day.